Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. We, uh, no doubt, uh, like I said, I mean, it's, you know, we've got a lot of people traveling and going and, and uh, you know, diff- different, uh, you know, if you're, if, if you're in San Angelo and you get to do a vacation, most of the time it's like, we're out of here. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, understandably so. And, um, and, and so I, I, and, and I'm supposed to maybe do something here, and I, I guess I'll just start this week. You know, I, how many of you saw that good-looking young man over here on the guitar this morning? Ray Lopez, yeah. Um, he, he is about to uh, marry my oldest daughter, Erica. And so on uh, July 13th, yeah, come on. And... Uh, so, like I said, the Landers, we're spicing it up, and uh, so we're, we're so honored to, to have, have him part of our family and our daughter become part of his family, and uh, just, just a, an awesome thing that's happening in that. And uh, we were going to do this, that they, they were going to do this little wedding. And yeah, and our family's not all that small, and he's Hispanic, <laughs> so I'm going to say much more than that. And it's like little just don't fit in that equation. So anyway, you're all invited. So some of you didn't, didn't get an invite, and, and, and they were trying to go through the list and everything. And, and Erica's like, that's making me nervous. i like, just praise God. We'll pray God and multiply the, the tacos. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be good. But we're blessed so blessed and, and just so grateful and and uh, you know we've been in uh, uh, it's really kind of one series but it, it's been in three parts and we be- began this some time ago with with the first messages called you matter because we each individually matter to God you're not just a number I believe from the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb there was destiny, there was purpose. Amen? God loves and cares about every single person. And then we moved out of that series into We Matter, that collectively, for us to really accomplish the will of God and the assignment that he has for us, even individually, that we are called to join one another. You know, the Bible clearly says that God sets members in the church as it pleases him. I know that sometimes we just, it's like we want to pick and choose and God, and it's like, listen, you better listen to the Holy Spirit. There's, there may be reasons why he's got you here, right? And, uh, and, and it may, may not have been even what you thought, even though you like it here. And so, but in that, we matter, and collectively we're called together as a church to accomplish certain things, and it's going to take all of us doing our part. The, the Bible is clear about that. Ephesians 4, whenever I touched on that, that every member does its share. And so all of us together collectively are going to do some great things for God. Amen? 
And then this week, we're starting our new extension of this series, uh, other third part on this, called They Matter. Come on. We individually matter. We matter. But they matter. And so it's not just about us. As wonderful as it, as it is, it's not just about us. We have to remind ourselves of this, and today I feel like this is, and in this series we'll, we'll see that this is a good reminder for us, and, uh, and, and like I said, it, it was a little convicting even for myself included in this, of, okay, you know, how does this actually live out? And we know that as a church, you know, we're, we're strong in our, in our mission, our vision, our values, and, and, and we're about connecting people to God's purpose. Why? Because people matter to God. God loves them. People's the only thing going to heaven other than what you take with you in what you do in light of eternity. You do, you do know that, right? You're going to still stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you're going to give an account. I mean, that's, that's, still, that's still the reality. And it says our works is going to be tried. So the reality is, as much as we might love our stuff, it ain't going with us. You don't see no U-Haul behind a hearse, you know, going to the cemetery. Just ain't, didn't happen. Oh, you can fill it up, you know, however you want, but it ain't going. It's what we do in this life, in light of eternity, that actually translates and goes with us. And I like that. And if you are truly a Christ follower and you're living your life outside of yourself, be confident that that is all true. The Bible is true, and you're going to enter into those rewards. Amen? That's an awesome thing to think about in our future in that. And so we come back to our values, and we know that, that you know, within our values, it's, it's about living the Spirit-filled life. We can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us, to fill us. Come on, how many have, have somebody that you work with? Don't raise your hand, and you know that it, you, you need, they need Jesus, and you need the Holy Spirit so you can love them. <laughs> we, we're going we're gonna to live in community. We already touched on that. We're going we're gonna to walk by faith. Come on, we're going to bet the farm. That works out here in West Texas. I say, I say some of the isms sometimes in Arlington, and I can tell it's like, what, he, what, what language is he talking? <laughs> so I'm working on getting better in Arlington. But anyway, um, out here, this works. We bet the farm, amen? We're going we're gonna to sometimes do things that, that we're, we're extending ourselves to accomplish the will of God and to do what God wants us to do. And, and, and there's times it takes faith. We don't always see the, the results or the outcome, but we're going to do it because we believe God told us to do it, and in doing it, we're going we're gonna to see ultimately eternal rewards. Amen? And then we know that, that it's about servanthood. Even in our leadership, we're always talking about this, of being servant leaders and making sure that Jesus said it himself. He said, I came not to be served, but rather to serve. And so we want to follow his lead in that. And, and then the last one, and you heard about it this morning, just in our, in our culture and our DNA, is to live generously, to live outside of ourselves, to be a blessing. Listen, we are so blessed. We need to be a blessing. Amen? And so that's, that's really who we are in that, which fits well with 
they matter because God so loved the world that he gave his very best. So when we think about they matter, let's bring it down. And this morning, it, it, it's actually pretty simplistic. And yet, I think it's profound enough that it, it's going to challenge us. I think it's logistic enough. And, and uh, so you kind of have this simplistic aspect of it. And then you have the logistical side of it. Because sometimes we just need to be reminded that it's not really that difficult. It's not that complicated. We just need to understand that God's heart is for humanity. He loves people. And if, and if you're connected to God and you truly bear his heart, you also are going to be saying, hey, I, I, I can't help myself. It's about other people. Amen. And so what does this look like? We're going to read a passage of Scripture here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, starting in verse 13. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation so that we, we really get the, uh, the um, um, maybe better insight into it. I, I love the way it breaks it down. It, starting Mark, Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 13, it says, Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at, the, at his uh, tax collector's booth. Now, if you, if you understand anything in that time, a tax collector, they were, they were one of their own. So here they are, you know, Jewish, and here's this one of their very own that had become a tax collector for the Romans. So they were despised, hated, I mean... Come on, you just think the IRS is bad. <laughs> and it says he's there at his tax collector's booth. And Jesus says, follow me, be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Look at this. Boom. Responded. Later, Levi, catch this now. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. <laughs> Aren't you glad Jesus will hang out with sinners? Come on, don't give me that religious look. I <laughs> And, and he goes on to say, there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Surely we, we Christians, we would never say that. <laughs> We just might call them dirt bags or something else. But anyway, verse 17. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So Jesus was into reaching everybody. And he demonstrates that. 
And he demonstrates that all the way through the Gospels. I mean, he's, he's connecting with people. Now, let me give a little bit of disclaimer, because I believe the Word of God is, is, is just, it's central to everything. It's central to, ultimately, the kingdom of God, the gospel, our lives and how we live our lives. And so we, you can never violate certain truths to fulfill other truths of what you may perceive to be true. In other words, I, I've, I've had people that sometimes have put their, their lives in a very bad place of disrepair or, or even financially a mess. But, I mean, it's like, okay, I'm called to go to the lost or uh, be a missionary. And it's like, well, how are you going to pay for that? Well, I don't know. How are you going to feed your family? Because the Bible says that if you don't first take care of your own family, you are worse than an infidel. But I'm called. Well, you better get called first to your family. It got quiet in here anyway. And so, so there's, there's, there's aspects of that. I, for instance, and I asked permission. Now, I didn't tell him which story I was telling, but I did ask Brandon Moore if I could share his, share his stories. But I remember in Lockhart, Texas, he was an intern. He was living with Joanne and I. And we were, we were doing outreach on the streets of San Marcos, Texas, where all the heathen are at. You know, Texas State over there, right? <laughs> and we were doing outreach and ministry and... and uh, one night, I don't know if I didn't go or something, but, but Brandon's leading the team. He's out there. He's preaching Jesus. He's doing what we called him to do, asked him to do. But the next morning, we wake up to only find that we have a new addition. <laughs> Angela's really getting a kick out of this. <laughs> and it's like, who is this guy? Well, he's homeless. He's over there, you know, and he needed a place to stay. I'm like, okay, I got little bitty girls. New house rules. <laughs> Don't bring, there's homeless shelters. Don't bring them, especially not with my, I mean, that might be Ted Bundy. You don't know who he is? Bring him home? Anyway, I thank God that they grow up and become great, mighty men of God that are filled with wisdom. <laughs> But do you see? I mean, so sometimes it's, it's crazy how some people, well, we're supposed to love people, and they just check their brain out. God's love has still standards. You don't find, when Jesus is dealing with people, he still calls people to repentance. Over and over. So many times it's like, okay, now go sin no more. Why would Jesus be so harsh? Love still has standards. Love still has certain demands, folks. If you've got somebody preaching something outside of that, you better run from that message. You don't check out. They're still standing. Listen, I've been in this too long as a pastor, sitting across from people, counseling and talking to people that have blown their lives up, messed up because of no standards. We got listen, if you love God, if you love God, loving your neighbor 
doesn't mean that somehow you subject yourself in wrong manners to abuse. Now, I know there's going to be martyrs. I know that there's going to be people that lose their lives for their faith. But you can still have boundaries, and you can still... Listen, some of you need to read the book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Safe People. If you have problem with boundaries and, and understanding some of that, some of you need a good, like Dr. Henry Cloud, to help speak into that. He, you know, there's a good book called Boundaries. So that's a disclaimer, because we're about to go full on for they matter, Right? But in that, you don't violate certain truths. See, you come mess with my kids bad enough, you're going to really need Jesus. <laughs> I'll love you like you ain't never been loved. <laughs> my grandbabies, oh yeah. <laughs> right? Come on, how many of your parents would know that? I know I bear witness. Some of you are like, yeah. Some of you kids know you you girls are married to the Terminator dad. <laughs> That's because he loves you. <laughs> That's love. It's all right. It, listen, something goes on and it strokes that fatherly thing. That's love. Amen? It's okay. We need healthy, good understanding. Of these truths. What's he call us to do? If we're going to really consider that they matter, I'm going to give us just, again, simplistic. The first step is make a friend. How do you make a friend? Make yourself friendly. To make a friend, I think, really starts with this. Lift up your eyes and look around you. Come on, how many of you are plagued with this thing called busyness? <laughs> Come on, some of us are addicted to busy. We live outside of margins. What is that? Well, I mean, think about your white, white space on your paper. How many of you think back? It may have been your big chief. For some that were old enough, <laughs> your tablet, and there was this margin. How many of you always seem to find a way to write over here? And you're right up here, and you're, yeah. And we have a tendency to live our lives outside of those margins, and we fill all the space. And then all of a sudden, God brings this opportunity for us to make a friend. And we just said, like, uh, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. I can't, I can't, I can't look, I can't look. I think that's what was even happening in their day. Because look here, John chapter 4, verse 35, he's exhorting them. And remember, this is within the, the storyline of when the woman at the well, Jesus is ministering to her and, and witnessing to her. And he says this statement, though. He says, do you not say... There are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Now remember, harvest, he's, he's talking about people's souls. And he says, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look 
at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. See, the condition of man's heart puts him in a place that he's always ready for a Savior. That's the reality. Why? Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we always are in that place. But what did he say? See, that word look, from the original, it doesn't mean to just gaze upon or just, you know, look past. Or No, what that actually means is that I'm going to create something intentional. I'm praying that this morning already some people are coming to your mind that are in your life and you're thinking about, oh, man, okay. But see, if your life is so filled with just, you're busy, 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 busy. And I've, I've been working on this, believe me. I mean, for a couple of years now, I have been working on this. And it's amazing even just the attitude and the difference of where I'm at. I remember showing up at, at Lowe's, you know, on Saturday morning, and I'm picking stuff up, and I got work to do, and I'm thinking. And I run into an individual, and I just, I literally, I mean, and I just pulled away and just spent time visiting and talking to this person. I had an incredible time. You're just making yourself available because God brings opportunities past us. But if we don't say, God, help me to be intentional. Help me to create some space in my life so that I'm able to just make myself friendly. You just got to start there saying, you know what, I need to make a friend. Some of you are going, yeah, but I, I'm, I've got friends. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the problem. Is Some of us have all experienced, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you have been bit by RLI. I know I hadn't talked about RLI in a while, but some of you might remember. Redeemed. Oh, yeah, we get bought by the blood of Jesus. We're redeemed in our life. We've experienced salvation. And then L, we get lifted. We're sanctified. We, we all of a sudden get, get distance between us and some of the stuff that we knew that we shouldn't have been doing. But then if we're not careful, all of a sudden we find ourselves isolated. And now we have friends in our life, but it's just the same group of friends. And Come on, let's be real. Most of them are probably more along the lines of us and in what we believe. And this is our friends. And yet, the reality is probably most of them, already, they're already going to heaven. They already know Jesus. But could we consider this morning what it would take for us to say, you know what, I'm going to intentionally make a new friend. And they're going to be a sinner. (laughs) And then the second is be a friend. Where this is, this is, it's not about you. Stop that. See, so, so many times it, 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 in this, we, we're like, well, what am I going to get out of it? You may not do nothing but give. 
to be a blessing. That's okay. To just simply be willing to say, I'm going to be the friend. Do they deserve it? Probably not. <laughs> Come on, did any of us deserve, you know. Yet God so loved us. And so, as we do that and we, we step outside of ourselves to just be a friend, now, may, may they be experience somehow some touch? And we, there needs to be a touch factor. You need to think about what, what actually are their needs? What, what's going on in their life? What does that look like? And, and maybe I'll share this, this one story. It may be a little bit to my advantage because of who I am and, and the role I do. But listen, I do this outside of just being pastor. I really do. And, and I've got this new person that they've come into our lives, and, and I won't go into all that story or anything. But, but, you know, I've just been around them just briefly, their acquaintance, really. And, but all of a sudden, word must have got out, or they, they saw... I mean, I guess if you see this face on TV, you'll never forget it. <laughs> and, and, but somehow, and, and so I ran into them yesterday, and, and, and they said, Mr. Landers, I watched one of your sermons online. And I'm thinking, uh-oh. You know, it could go really bad. <laughs> or it might actually turn out good. And they said, I was so moved by what you said. I, they said, I was actually crying. Come on, I don't need three visions in a dream to know that God's doing something. <laughs> Some of us are like, okay, God, if you really want me to go next door and tell my neighbor about Jesus, I need the tree to catch on fire in the front yard. <laughs> Be careful, we're in West Texas. It might get dry again. Let's keep praying for rain. <laughs> Probably not so right now. But, but it's like, come on, guys. Be a friend. And it's like, I didn't have to know, oh, wow, God's doing something. Something's happening there. And, man, it just it stirred my heart to say, wow, okay. I want to be intentional. And it's not about me. Do you hear that? It's, you can't make it about you. Otherwise, it, because, and, and, I, and I understand that sometimes we get, we get wrapped up with sometimes this driven place of, they need Jesus. Right? I mean, some is more obvious than others. You know, you just look at them and you're like, man, do they need Jesus. Right? <laughs> Watch out, they might surprise you. And, and here, I, you know, in this, people don't like to be hit on. Come on, how many of you, you despise telemarketers? <laughs> Let's just be honest. If you're a telemarketer, maybe we'll group you with the tax collectors. <laughs> it's like, Hello, and if it's going to a recording or somebody's waiting on the other end and it's 
robot, whatever, and boom. <laughs> Have a good day. Jesus loves you. Boom. <laughs> we don't like to be hit on. They don't like to be hit on. But if they can truly visibly see that you care about them, you care about their life, you care about what's going on in their life, you'll be a friend. It's going to take you maybe getting transparent. Well, shouldn't I show them that I'm the Christian? I've got it all together. Yeah, and God says he resists the proud. I don't need God resisting me. He says he gives grace to the humble. <laughs> That's where I'm in. I'm in for the grace. <laughs> no, that, so many times they need to know that we have struggles too. Life happens. We face challenges. But because of this eternal hope that we now have, because of this relationship with the eternal God through Jesus Christ and what he was willing to do, we have a peace like no other. We have a peace from God that passes all understanding. We have a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. We're not happy because of what necessarily may be going on in our life or not going on. No, this should be a joy to, of inner strength that's there stabilizing us. I love it when people say, well, how's the world been treating you? I'm like, oh, the world's not doing too good, but Jesus is always good. <laughs> you can steal that line. Because <laughs> we, we need to be able to be transparent enough to, to allow them into our lives. Transparency will reciprocate transparency. Be a friend. Live your life as an example. They do ultimately want to know that your life is different. That you really are serving God. That there's something tangible about your life. And then I've got to close with this one. Is bring a friend to Christ. Ultimately, bottom line is still... The mission is to see them come to Christ because we really do believe that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And ultimately, see, God didn't just somehow try to make us feel good in our sin. He didn't just try to give us some help improvement, you know, to be able to just continue to live in the gutter. No, He wants to like I said, redeem our lives, lift us out of that. So the message that we need to turn to God with our whole heart and trust in the wonderful sacrifice that he gave through Jesus Christ and that love, that's still the message. That didn't have to come across with some nasty attitude of turn or burn. Right? No. Did you know that Gallup, not even Christian, Gallup says that six out of ten people would still come to church if they were invited. 
Come on, I'm no real salesman, but I mean, we could up the numbers. Well, four people are going to reject me. Is this about you? Come on, six out of ten people will say yes. They'll want to come to church. They need an invite. If, if Jesus has really made the difference in your life, why wouldn't you want to invite someone else to experience His goodness? Why wouldn't you? If you really are part of the, the life church here and, and you're experiencing God's goodness and, and things, there's, there's things that you know of eternal value that's happening, being a part of a local church, why wouldn't you? want to invite them. Somehow we've got to allow God to to shake us sometimes from the lethargic place or sometimes we just, again, we just get busy. But as we go in life, we can share our faith. That's why I love, you know, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you know, the calling is really to be a witness. I think that we did some damage, you know, some years ago by being, you know, caught up into the whole soul winning. And we were driven. We got to win them. They'll go to hell. And that driven thing, I think that we turned a lot of people off. But you know what? If we're a witness, I think you're being a friend. You'll be intentional. You'll look around to make a friend. You'll be a friend. And then ultimately, we'll bring a friend to Christ. Amen. I love what, what uh, a quote here from Mother uh, Teresa it says, Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the expression of God's kindness. Isn't that good? I want to close. I, I, I told you that this was a very unorthodox. I, I tell you, I love the way the Holy Spirit plans it. I had no idea what, what Miss Sheena was going to share in, in that, that whole generosity thing. But I was led to this passage. I wasn't, this passage wasn't in the sermon, wasn't in the notes. Wasn't, and, I, and I was like, okay, God, I need an offering. And he go, takes me here. And I'm like, but that really goes with the sermon. Duh. Come on, Walt, wake up. <laughs> Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting here in verse 19, it says, this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, for though I am free from all men, look at this, though I'm free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. still about people. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. So he's talking about Jewish people. Then he says, to those who are without law, speaking of Gentiles, as without law, not being without without law toward God, but under the law of Christ. So he's saying, okay, I'm, it's, it's, it's not lawlessness, but he's talking about the Jewishness of their faith 
if they're Gentiles, okay, they're living outside of that and they're not keeping the traditions of the Jewish faith, but yet I can come over here. Come on, that, that's like, we can, we can have us some pork chops. <laughs> if I'm visiting somebody's house, especially if they're a sinner, and they're serving some pork ribs, we eat some pork ribs. And he, maybe when Paul went to the Gentiles. Anyway, to the weak, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partakers with you. We're in partnership together in this. And it's about winning people to Christ. And again, he's not talking about entering into lawlessness. He's speaking in terms of the Torah, the Word of God. Judaism. Outside of Judaism. To the weak. To the needy. Whatever that is, to identify. God's heart is for people. His heart is for people. And don't feel like, well, you know, I, I'm just going to, i got to find somebody that I can talk down to. They're in bigger need than I am. You know what? It's of no reputation. God may call you to stand before leaders, before in relationships with wealthy, to be an influence, to minister Jesus. God wants to use you from the up and outer to the down and outer. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for what you're at work doing right here among us and in us first, Lord. God, I thank you for this word that stirs us, that challenges us, that causes us to consider how we're living our lives and to just be brought back to that place to understand that they matter and they matter so much that you're asking us to lift up our eyes and look, to be intentional and to allow our lives to be connected with sometimes people that are outside of the covenant that they may be one to Christ. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for just what you're at work doing right here. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, there may be some that you're here and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I need Jesus to be my Lord, my Savior. And you just... Right here this morning, you're faced with a choice, with a decision to either decide that I'm going to follow Jesus, I want to be born again, I want eternal life, or are you going to reject Him? I normally don't say it like that, but I'm sensing right, right there, there. There's somebody here that you, you, you know the truth, you, but you've been rejecting of it not because you don't believe it, 
but because you are unwilling to give up your lifestyle of sin and your rebellion against God. Don't play with eternity. It's, listen, our days are all numbered. I knew. Those of you that are members here, you normally don't hear me do this. I believe by the Spirit of God this morning I'm talking to someone and this is heavy because you need to consider your ways. You need to decide. And it's of great concern for your eternal life that you say yes to Jesus. There may be others that you have been born again, you're a child of God, but if you're honest with yourself and before God this morning, you know that He's really not Lord of your life. That today you need to make a decision and say, you know what, Pastor, I just need a fresh start. I take this as God talking to my life, speaking into my life, and I'm going I'm to get back on course. And you're going to just reaffirm your faith today. So heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you and just lead you in a profession of faith. If that's you, and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, whether it's for the very first time or to rededicate your life. I want you just to raise up your hand this morning. Yes, hands going up. Yes, more. Other hands. Lots of hands are up this morning. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these. The decisions that are being made right here in light of eternity. And Father, I thank you that your heart is for people, for each one of these. And as they're taking that bold step of faith to respond to you here today in this place, I thank you that it's not in vain that they responded, that you will move heaven and earth to do what is necessary, that they will be able to freely receive the gift of eternal life and Lord I thank you for that today now I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer I'm going to lead you in this prayer but all I'm doing is lending you some words I'm going to invite everyone to pray this out loud but you need to understand as I'm as I'm leading you in this I, I can't believe I can't you have to make this personal you've got to make this real on the inside of you I can't do that for you but if you'll pray this and you'll mean this with all your heart, you watch what God's going to do in your life. Let's pray this out loud together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life. I choose this day to give you my life. I receive forgiveness. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you paid that price through Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for those decisions. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. 
We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9:15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.